Welcome to the Barry Trammell Show. I'm coming to you from the Blue Room in the state capitol. We've got a very distinguished guest this week. But first, I want to thank our sponsors, Three Nines Technology, Weedman Lawn Service, Next Generation Roofing, Oklahoma Ford Dealers Association, and Oklahoma 988 Helpline. And now let's get to our guest, Oklahoma Governor Kevin Stitt. Well, Governor, thanks for letting us join you. It's an honor. Uh, any t to me, it's an honor to walk into the Capitol for any reason, but to walk in and uh, share some time with you talking about some uh, sports issues and sports memories. Uh, so thanks for, uh, thanks for letting us barge in. Absolutely. We've got a beautiful Capitol. Actually, some people from, uh, I think it was uh, no, South Dakota came in. They're wanting to redo their Capitol and coming down to kind of take a look at ours. So it's really, really pretty. And uh, we're just honored to have you. I've, I've obviously followed your career for a long time growing up in Norman. And it's just cool to get to hang out with you for a little bit. Well, it's full disclosure. Um, I covered Norman High School football for a full decade. My last year on the beat, 1989, was your junior year playing defensive end and some tight end for the Tigers. That's right. That's and right. Um, 89 was not a great year for Norman. That's the, uh, for the decade, it was, uh, it was not the best of years. But the next year, I was gone uh, from covering uh, Norman High, but you guys had another good year. So uh, I certainly remember Kevin Stitt, the, uh, the uh, football player, and then all of a sudden you're running for governor. I said, hey, I know who that is. So um, I wanted to talk some football with you. We're coming to you three days after Bedlam. One of the perks of the job is you get to go to a lot of cool events. A lot of them involve a ball. Saturday, you got to present that Bedlam trophy to uh, Mike Gundy. Uh, what was, uh, how is the perks of the job? Getting to go to cool events, football games, those kinds of things. Yeah, I mean, you said it best. I mean, there's so many cool things you don't realize when you become governor and you get to represent your state in Washington, D.C. And, and uh, you know, I get, I've met President Trump and met President Biden. And, and, uh, and then, obviously, the sporting, as a huge sports fan and a guy that grew up in Oklahoma, uh, been able to um, go to OU Texas every, every, every year. And, and uh, I'm 4-1, and by the way, on the OU Texas rivalry. And so I like to rub that in on Governor Abbott. Uh, but being on the field and then, obviously, after uh, being an Oklahoma State grad, um, I had my two sons with me, and I was like, hey, we're going to go to the locker room after this. And so I went down there, and, man, I took a video. I was like a, uh, uh, like all those kids. I was watching them dance, and, and uh, it was so fun. And then Gundy uh, was, was just – they were super excited because, obviously, uh, normally OSU's on the other end of that, uh, that uh, series, but uh, they got the better of, of OU on Saturday, and it was a good game. Well, you happen to be the governor. Can you do something about this – Bedlam uh, going away part. Can you can you get the rivalry renewed? You know, I mean, we we certainly probably could. I know down in Florida, they actually passed a law yeah. where Florida and Florida State, when they went to separate yeah. conferences, would play every year, um, and that's something that's on the table. Uh, but at the same sense, I understand how hard it is to get to a national championship game and having another tough non-conference game every year. Uh, could be problematic for, for both schools. So we'll see how it goes. Uh, I'm really excited about OU going to the SEC. You know, it's going to be, you're going to have LSU coming to town and Alabama and Florida. And, and so that's going to be a lot of fun and traveling to those different schools. And I told OSU, this is their chance to be the bellwether cow of a new conference. And uh, man, it looks like a solidified conference now with the Arizona schools and Colorado coming in. and. Uh, so I'm, I'm really excited as a sports fan. I think it's really a, a good opportunity for both programs. When you, uh, when you look back over, you know, you haven't played high school football 30-something years. 
but it clearly was a big, big part of your life growing up. How important was football? Uh, how did it shape you? What are, the, what are the values you learned from putting on the shoulder pads? You know, I, that's a great question. I haven't had people ask me that, but it certainly shaped me. Being in the locker room with the guys, and, and I remember Cotton Wade used to tell us, um, you know, I remember all these things that Cotton Wade would tell us, but, uh, you know, it takes, it takes discipline and hard work to, to, to play football and go through two-a-days from your sophomore, junior, and senior year when you're, when you're the underclassman and you're getting beat, beat up and, and, uh, and, and you're learning to be part of a team. Um, and, and, and work together and, and the rewards of, of those Friday night football games and playing in front of your high school friends and, and uh, all your families out there. So just tremendously fun memories. It was great. Uh, also, I remember uh, during a scrimmage, our preseason game, uh, I got hit and, and fumbled and uh, Cotton Wade, uh, he used to tell us, it'd be better to die as a baby than fumble the football. <laughs> that was his saying, and I hope he's probably listening, so I don't want to get him in trouble. But uh, he had so many great sayings in, in, uh, in life, and so we, we never fumbled again after that one. Yeah. Um, but uh, it was uh, it just so many great memories. Uh, Brian Roberts, I know his sons are big-time tight ends right now down yeah. at Washington. I played with Brian, and he went on to play at Marshall, and then Todd Donnan was our quarterback. Um, so lifelong memories, lifelong friends, uh, but it does teach you hard work, discipline, and being part of a team. Just, just in chat, and you've mentioned Cotton Wade twice. You know, I, I met Cotton Wade in 1981 when he was hired as the Norman coach. But um, when I look back over my life, I can remember things a coach said to me literally 50-something years ago. Yeah. And you come from a great family. You clearly have had success in business, politics, met a lot of people. But you still remember things that a coach said to you when you were 11, yep. 14, 17. What do you think that is? And, yeah. and, and how much have coaches meant to you and, and, and your, your experience? Yeah, you know, we, uh, my senior year, we had uh, our offensive coordinator came in and man, I, his name is escaping me. Uh, I think he had, he was the, one, the coach that had polio. He had his, uh, you know who oh, I'm talking yeah, about? Oh yeah, Ron Taylor. Ron Taylor, Ron yeah. Taylor. And Ron Taylor, and he said something to me, he was in the weight room as we were doing squats, and, and uh, he said, he goes, you can be the best tight end in the state of Oklahoma. And it just, and something, just that confidence that a coach speaking to you, and, and, and I've just always carried that with me that your words matter. And, when, and now as governor, I get the chance to put my hand on a, on the shoulder of an eighth grader and say, hey, are you going to be governor someday? And uh, you can do it. You can do anything you set your mind to. And so the confidence that those coaches give you and just being able to speak those words of affirmation mean a lot. And so here I am, I was you know, probably 17 at the time, and, and that coach said something to me in the off season. And, and it really made me uh, want to be better and want to play for him and want to achieve. And so uh, those things are something like you said, you, just, you can remember 50 years from now something those coaches say to you. You know, growing up in Norman, um, you grew up in the 80s. Um, what are your memories of growing up in Norman in that time? And uh, of course, you ended up at OSU. Growing up in the 80s, though, it was a great time for Oklahoma football. Uh, how, what, what, was like, what was it like growing up in Norman in the 80s? Oh, man. I mean, going by Owen Field and, and as a kid, um, you know, I'm friends with uh, the Owens family and, and uh, Mikey Owens and Blake and. and uh, um, Brandy Owens, Tinker's daughter, 
she was my age. And so I remember going over to the field to a birthday party or driving around and, and uh, seeing, the, seeing the stadium, which was really cool. And then obviously, we, I was in seventh grade when the Boz came on the scene. And everybody had flat tops and we had our haircuts like Boz. And I'm on the school bus there on Main Street and Boz pulls up in his white Jeep. And all of us boys on the school bus, you know, we're just like screaming out the window for the boss and, uh, and then seeing him at the, the new movie theater around town. So those football players were bigger than life. And then Keith Jackson came and spoke. Uh, my dad was a pastor there in town, came and spoke at our youth group. And I just thought that was, I had died and gone to heaven being able to hang out and meet Keith Jackson, the, the great tight end for Oklahoma. So great memories, uh, Lydell Carr. Went over, Keith Jackson took us back over to the dorms there. So we see Lydell Carr, we see uh, all these great, great players. And then being, being friends with Todd Don and now Barry Switzer's kids, uh, they got a divorce and, and they'd moved on. But we knew him, we knew uh, uh, Barry's sons uh, back when they were much younger, second, third grade, and, right. then, they, and then they moved back to Arkansas. Uh, but the Proctor, Bobby Proctor, and those guys, they were friends more with my brother. Uh, but just being around the, the program, uh, we obviously were just uh, uh, die hard and living and breathing and, and, and with all of our friends. I remember those Miami Orange Bowls where we, where we lost like two or three in a row. Otherwise, we'd have won a couple more national championships. Yeah. Um, just remember just hating Miami because <laughs> they had our number They were there. easy to hate. They were easy to hate back in the day with, uh, with those good players that they had. You, uh, of course, grew up in Norman in the glory days of OU football. You go to Stillwater. Go to Oklahoma State University. Turned out great for you. Uh, not the best time to be an OSU football fan, early 90s, your, your years in Stillwater. Did you maintain your passion for football while you were on, on campus at Oklahoma State? You know, not really. I, I, I mean, when I showed up in Stillwater, and I just wanted to get away from home, didn't want to go to school in the same hometown I grew up in. And both my parents met at OSU. They went to Oklahoma State. Uh, so I went up there, and we were 0-11-1, I think, my, my freshman year yeah. in Stillwater. So – uh, pretty much you could walk into the game anytime and it was totally empty. Um, so not, I didn't really follow it much. I was really more of an OU fan, would follow OU, of course, back then. Uh, and then once you, you know, your alma mater, then you start rooting for your alma mater, I think, more after you graduate from, uh, from college. And then we had, you know, uh, Simmons uh, came in and did, did, did some good things and then Les Miles years. Uh, but Gundy's really kind of turned this program around and, and we, uh, you know, it was a big deal for Oklahoma State go to a bowl game, as you know. Right. And then now it's just uh, Gundy's got him going and got him believing, and and uh, he's done a really good job for the last I don't know how long he's been there, eighteen years or so. Yep. What what is the value of of sports and football to the state of Oklahoma? Clearly, it's a it's an obsession for the state. Uh, it's an economic uh, driver. It's uh, it's a source of pride. It's a lot of things. When you think about football in the state of Oklahoma, what do you? What, what comes to your mind? Yeah, I mean, it, it, it is. It gives us a, a, a confidence. There's a lot of people that we don't have a pro football team here and, and, and just recently got the thunder. Uh, but it is a sense of pride. It's getting behind your college team and, and, uh, and rooting for them. And, and the success that Oklahoma's had over the, the decades with Bud Wilkinson and Barry Switzer and Bob Stoops, uh, the tradition that they've had has just been amazing. And so it does give us a lot of sense of pride as we have, um, you know, been able to dominate and, and uh, you know, Texas does a lot of things well, uh, but we've really been able to dominate them in football. And I love to remind Texas fans, even their stadium, 
the Daryl uh, K. Royal Stadium is an Oklahoma boy. Yep. Uh, Hollis, America. That's right. Hollis, Oklahoma. Uh, so a lot of bragging rights there. And, and of, of course, you know, you, just, you know, pastimes and sports and tailgating, coming back to college campuses where you have all these great memories shaping with your friends. Um, you know, we were just in Stillwater and had a whole group of people, both OU and OSU, where our kids go to school now. And we had a big tailgate before the game in Stillwater. And then my other buddy, Hobie, had his 50th birthday, a, a fraternity brother of mine. And uh, it's just a great time. I mean, Saturdays in the fall in Oklahoma, uh, rooting for your team. It's just uh, there's nothing better than college football. I mean, I, 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 there was two guys from Connecticut that showed up at our tailgate. Oh, really? That uh, they just pick a game every year, and they came. Because that that's a big rivalry, the Bedlam. It's the last one. And so I met a couple guys from Connecticut, just huge college football fans that love to travel the country and, and uh, go see other games. All right, I'm going to take you back in time about 37, I think it's 37 years. One of your former teammates sent me this story from your middle school days at Longfellow Middle School. Uh, the big Whittier-Longfellow rivalry, which doesn't sound like Bedlam, but uh, I can tell you in the 70s, the middle school rivalries in Norman were a big deal. I assume it was the same in the 80s. You're, play was... you're playing football. Yep. Fourth quarter. Zero zero game, which is not uncommon for middle school football. Not a lot of sophisticated <laughs> offenses. That's right. And the Whittier Warriors decide to break the tie by trying a field goal. And didn't seem like a good idea when I heard the story. Middle school kicking is not sophisticated. But turns out uh, the Warriors had a pretty good kicker. Scott Blanton, who went on to kick for the Sooners, kick it for the Washington, uh, now commanders of the National Football League. So I can see why they would try it. Yep. They snapped the ball for the field goal. Not great blocking, not great uh, technique, not great uh, functionality. And a certain defensive end for Longfellow gets such a jump that he beats Scott Blanton to the ball. He beat the <laughs> kicker to the ball, kicked the ball himself, going the other direction, went and picked it up and ran the other way Longfellow beats Whittier six to nothing by kicking the other team's field goal. That defensive end is now the governor of the state of Oklahoma. <laughs> Do you remember that play? And how did you ever kick oh another team's field goal? Hey. I, not only do I remember the play, but it's sad to say that my uh, you were talking about an eighth grade uh, sporting event instead of like some high school where I'm scoring a touchdown. But I totally remember the play, and you're right. I mean, it was a big rivalry. We had the 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 rivalries across town, Whittier versus Longfellow, and and so we have the the cheerleaders on the Whittier. We all like the cheerleader, the girls yeah, at Whittier, yeah. and they all and 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 the Longfellow, et cetera, et cetera, back and forth. Scotty Blanton was a great kicker, as you know, played mm -hmm. in the pros. Uh, they had a chip shot field goal like on the five-yard line. And I remember this like it's yesterday. They called a timeout. They came out. This is another lesson you learn in sports. Came out, and our coach came out, and, um, and he said, we got to block this. you got to block it. Well, for some reason, I just got it in my head. I am going to block this kick. And, you know, life is like that. It's just it's a mental. You've got to just make that switch. And so I just said, I'm going to block the kick. And uh, I watched the ball as soon as it snapped. I busted through the line. I got that back there so fast that the holder was putting it down on the tee. And Blanton hadn't got up there, and I'm like, what do I do? So I kicked it the other way, and the guy was holding it, picked it up, ran it 95 yards, the team carried me off on their shoulders, 
and uh, you know we were victorious for that uh, for that game. So a lot of fun. We've got it. I've got it on, I, my mom's got it on video somewhere. So we'll have, to, we'll have to pull it out on a beta tape. All right, uh, <clears throat> kicking kicking the ball and scoring the winning touchdown in the Longfellow Whittier game. How does that rank with election night, 2018? <laughs> Which was the bigger thrill? <laughs> Oh man, probably uh, probably election night. Uh, election night. There's nothing like it. I mean, as an Oklahoma boy, fourth generation Oklahoma, my my granddad, one of my granddads was the head vet at Oklahoma City Stockyards. The other one was a dairy farmer in Skytook, Oklahoma. Um, just a normal normal kid that 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 just said, raised my hand and said, Hey, I wanna I wanna change my state. I, I wanna run for governor, and I had no political experience. And then to come out of nowhere and win it, it was just a, it was an amazing feeling. And, um, and then the next morning when you wake up governor, um, you know, you just pinch yourself. You just can't, you ask your wife, you just can't believe you're waking up in the governor's mansion. And, uh, but anything is possible in, in, uh, in America, anything's possible when you work hard and you do the right thing, you put the right team together and you go execute a game plan. And so we, same things we do in sports, uh, we put the same team together and, and, uh, and executed, you know, there's a pathway to becoming governor. There's a pathway to becoming a, a doctor or a lawyer or a business person or a teacher. And that's what I try to share with young people is, um, you know, your future can be super bright. You can just put a plan together and then you go execute on that plan. And, and there's a lot of days where you have to work really hard and go through two days or go through school. Um, but it's always worth it when you complete your task and you finish and you work hard. And, uh, you know, sometimes you don't win them all. And I was fortunate to win my first, first election. Um, but it doesn't mean we don't try, and, it, and, and the journey is so worth it. The people I met across the state, uh, even if I didn't win, it was, it was worth it to, to put myself out there and to try to uh, you know, shape the conversation about our state. Let's talk about a couple of recent initiatives. Uh, you, you have recently proclaimed November as Family Month in Oklahoma, including some, uh, some deals uh, waiving the fees at state parks, getting restaurants involved. Um, tell us about why it's important for, to try to, uh, to get the family to do things together, particularly as it might be relates to the state parks. Yeah, so uh, that initiative came from our team. We just, we know the statistics and, and how many kids are growing up without fathers right now. And so we really have initiative for, hey guys, fathers are so important. Kids need their moms and their dads. So we, we're trying to uh, promote the family unit because we know that uh, healthy kids and, and kids get their value a lot of times from their fathers. They might get their values from their mothers, but they get their value from their fathers. And so uh, just trying to talk about it. We didn't see a lot of people talking about that nationally and how important it is when we have two engaged parents, you know, focused on raising their children and, and giving them the best opportunities possible. And so we just wanted to promote that and let people know, hey, it's okay to talk about this. It's okay to, to talk about uh, healthy families. And then when we got our parks and our restaurants involved, uh, they wanted to be a part of it. Um, and, and what's more family than, than sitting around, we've got Thanksgiving coming up, uh, but going and you know, taking your wife to a restaurant and taking your kids, that's all part of our, our, uh, our heritage here in Oklahoma. And then the parks, uh, taking your son camping, we all have great memories of, of uh, camping with our, uh, with our families. And if we don't, we want you to go make those memories. Uh, so we think spending that intentional time with kids is so important. Most kids are spending 44 hours a week on a, on a cell phone or, an, or a tablet. 
in less than 30 minutes a week with the, with a one-on-one conversation with their father, for example. Um, so we all get busy, but just having the governor and, and the family focus this week, hopefully people will say, hey, it just kind of makes you think about it and just think about, hey, let's go spend a little extra time with our son or our daughter. Another thing, uh, just last week you unveiled uh, a, new, uh, a new plan for sports betting. It's going to have to go through the legislative channels, but what do you like about, about your new sports betting plan? Yeah, I, I'm, I'm kind of excited about it. It's a, it's a fair uh, proposal that's uh, kind of a free market proposal. So in other words, I studied what 35 other states have already done, and we've got the, we've got the uh, uh, ability to look at that because they've already rolled it out in their states. And what was fair? What should the fees be? How should you set it up? So we did two things. We did two different licenses. One, we've got 130 casinos. And so we thought, hey, let's make sure that they have the ability to do a retail sports book. So you walk into their casinos and you want to go bet on a game, you can go do that in their casinos. And then, but we also said it's important to have mobile sports book. And that's a different license. And we wanted that just to be a free market. So in other words, FanDuel could apply for a license or DraftKings or the Thunder or a local business person or a casino could operate uh, uh, mobile. But the mobile's a little different because it's statewide mobile. It's going to be transparent. It pays the state a 20% fee, which is about average. New York actually collects 50% fee on their, on their mobile uh, sports book. And so we thought 20% would be good, and we just opened it up. We, didn't, we thought, well, we could limit it to just two or three licenses, but we thought, let's let the free market work. And so if a casino wants to operate one or the Thunder or DraftKings, they can come apply for a license, and the best marketing plan, best business plan, uh, the best company is going to win ultimately. Um, or maybe there may be two or three, and you might use your, you may download the app that, that you like the best, and, and uh, I might use a different one, which is fine. And then you just let the free market work. So we think it's a good system. Legislature, all they have to do is pass this in February or March, put it on my desk, and we turn this into law. Any concerns about the sports betting? Um, I, I know people are concerned about the addiction of young people and those things. It's also so prevalent that if, if, you, if Oklahoma doesn't pass it, it's really not going to stop anything. Um, but what, any safeguards or concerns you might have? You know, that was uh, part of the reason in some of my compact negotiations, uh, most other states have a gambling addiction fund. So part of the fees that the state gets would be for gambling addiction. Uh, because, but to your point, people are already gambling. It's already legal in our state. People are going out of state to do it. So, uh, but should we have some kind of fund for some gambling addiction? Yes. Uh, we need to make sure that it's done done appropriately, um, but but it's already it's already being it's already out there. The legislature, if they wanted to remove all gaming from Oklahoma, they could pass the law and do that. Um, so I think we do need to be cautious of it. But to your point, it's already being done out there. Um, the other thing I think we that in my plan I want to be protective of is college athletes. So after meeting with OU and OSU over the last few years, we decided to pull out those prop bets. Because that can put a lot of pressure if I'm betting that uh, the OSU field goal kicker is going to miss a field goal. So we took those out of this plan, which we think that's a, a safety measure. And I think that's something that the NCAA really needs to address. I believe they're going to come out with some guidance on Sportsbook, uh, which will be really important. Um, but th th that's kind of how the plan works. And uh, it, we, we think it could be up to $100 million for education then the legislature can determine where that money goes, whether it's to gambling addiction or it's to uh, education or a, or, a, or a little bit to each. Well, Governor, this has been great. This has been fun. I've been wanting to do this a long time, and uh, 
1989 was a long time ago. We both traveled quite a few miles since then, but I still remember those Friday nights at Harv Collins Field and uh, certainly uh, continued success for, for you. Thank you so much. It's an honor and uh, success to you as well. And I know Oklahoma sports fans have been following you for a long time, so we appreciate you. Well, thanks. Hope to see you soon at the Big 12 championship game or uh, one or maybe even two of the major bowls. Absolutely. Thanks, thanks a lot. Hey, uh, appreciate uh, you joining us. Remember, uh, you can find us on all the Apple podcasts, Spotify, iTunes, all the places you get your podcasts. Get on there and subscribe. We will talk to you next week on The Barry Trammell Show.